in what I believe is healthcare needs to be tailored for all of us. That old cliche of, oh, I don't see race. To me, in healthcare, that is what causes health disparities. Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review. Or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Healthy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Dion Lewis. Um, I have a great guest with us today. He is the CEO and founder of Violet. I'm going to have Garong Chosky in the building today. Garong, thank you so much for being here with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Corey. I'm excited for our conversation. Yeah, so you know, before we get into uh, the discussion, how about you tell the people a little bit about yourself uh, and what, what gets you up in the morning? Yeah, I am a huge healthcare nerd. So a little bit about me as a human. I am a gay man. I grew up on Medicaid, and I'm an Indian immigrant. So I was born and raised in India, moved to the U.S. when I was 10, lived in the Chicagoland area. And those lived experiences really shaped what I care about. And frankly, it really fueled what I, what actually gets me excited in the morning. Uh, professionally, I spent many years building an insurance company called Oscar. And I got to really see, in my lived experiences, I got to see healthcare really failing in so many ways. And then professionally, as I built Oscar, I got to see healthcare failing in for many Americans in many other ways. And so healthcare and building health equity is really what gets me up in the morning. That's awesome. And I mean, you bring up something, uh, you know, with when it, when it comes to the LGBT community and those, those healthcare disparities and those gaps, tell me, you know, what does cultural competence mean for you and how can that close those gaps in um, the healthcare for that, for that community or for your community that you're a part of? I believe that, Healthcare really is fundamentally a human right. And what I believe is healthcare needs to be tailored for all of us. That old cliche of, oh, I don't see race. To me, in healthcare, that is what causes health disparities. Mm. Or I don't see sexual orientation or I don't see gender identity. No, we want clinicians to actually see us as humans. We want clinicians and others to actually understand intersectionality, right? I'm a gay Indian immigrant, and if there is something I need to be taught for being a gay man where there is unique disparities, or being an Indian man, maybe there's unique disparities, and I want to be taught that. And oftentimes, as humans, when we go to our clinician, we really look to them for guidance, right? We say, we're here trusting you. We're giving you our trust to teach me what I need to know to live a long and happy, healthy life. And so for us, and for me personally, cultural competence is really about making sure we get to understand clinicians, we give them a safe space to really grow, and more importantly, the clinicians that are really exceptional working with different communities, we recognize that so all of these communities can actually find the right people for us. That's amazing. You know, part of me feels like, you know, the, the more, you know, I, I learn and I, and I try to, you know, figure out ways I can, you know, best serve people and, and all that. It's like, I feel we tend to 
think too hard about this this topic in in the sense of it shouldn't be difficult for me to understand where someone obviously i have a different lived experience than someone um it's not that hard to learn <laughs> you like i feel like it's not that hard to to figure it out you know what what is it um that really what was that really made you say hey Violet needs to be a part of this solution. Yeah. I truly believe that any good innovation comes from people experiencing lived experiences and pain that they're seeing. As a gay man, even in New York City, I went to a doctor where in the subway that I took to the doctor visit, there was ads for PrEP use. PrEP is a preventative drug to prevent HIV, and it's recommended by the CDC for a lot of the members of the LGBT community. The doctor I went to, when I asked for a refill for PrEP, she didn't know what PrEP was. And Corey, just think about that for a second. This was a digital health company where they had lots of amazing clinicians, but somehow I was routed to the clinician that really just wasn't the right person for me. And mm-hmm. I don't think Sarah is a bad clinician. What I see is she wasn't given the right education to really understand how to work with gay men. And frankly, that organization, they didn't know how to actually best help me get to the right person. And that's really a function of they didn't know who was on their team, right? They didn't have the education, nor did they have the data to say, this doctor is objectively the right doctor for you. And when I was building Oscar for many years, I would see so many Americans having the same problem. We would get complaints and people would call in and say, I'm a gay black man. I want a doctor that's also gay and black because it's going to make me feel safe. And as an insurance company, we didn't have that data. But also, I personally don't believe in segregation. I don't believe that Mm -hmm. just like care coordinating based on lived experience is going to actually build healthcare equity because there isn't enough diverse clinicians to start with. What that's going to result in is egregious wait times for our communities, and that's not what we want. And there is lots of clinicians that may not be in a community, but they really know how to best serve the community because of all the communities they've studied about or all the hands-on experience they've had, either volunteering or working with um, certain communities at certain facilities. So with Violet, what we're really building is technology to help bridge this gap and actually support clinicians on their journey of learning to be inclusive. No, that's real. Like, you know, even, you know, for, for me wanting a a African-American or a black doctor in Iowa (laughs) is, is hard. So, or not even an option is for some people. And so when when you start taking into account that, and you're feeling like, okay, I'm going to have to settle for someone that doesn't look like me, doesn't understand my experience. And you're hoping that they at least, they may not empathize, they may not know, but they, they get it, you know, and, and this, you're just kind of taking a shot in the dark and, and hoping that they, they will give you the, the appropriate care that you need. Yeah. Which, As a society, what I'm really excited about is when it comes to learning about culture, learning about communities, right now as humans, if we don't feel comfortable saying the word black, as care delivery professionals, if you don't feel comfortable acknowledging race, gender, or sexual orientation, as humans, we avoid actually talking about those humanities and identities. And so what I'm excited about is with quality education, 
we actually are able to build self-efficacy or confidence that people, the clinicians, actually believe they can deliver inclusive healthcare. So for me, what it really starts with is let's make sure people know how to even talk about race, gender, sexual orientation, and how to actually then tie in care delivery and inclusive care in their conversations with patients. Right. So how do so how do we get this information to the provider? You know, if, if, if there's a doctor that says, hey, I understand I don't know a whole lot about the black community, the uh, LGBTQ plus community or um, black people in the LGBTQ community, which is, you know, a thing as well. But I want to learn, you know, what what are they going to learn? How do they get that information? Yeah. And uh, this is where I'm proud of building Violet. So what we're building is the first ever masterclass like platform to actually teach people about culture, about identities. The way we work is we partner with companies like Galileo. Um, Galileo was started by uh, Tom Lee, who started One Medical. At Galileo and numerous other customers that we have, all of their clinicians learn with us. And the way we partner is we start by actually understanding who are the clinicians. We've created the first ever benchmarking framework for actually understanding how is that specific clinician doing already when they join the platform so we can help them grow. So we take into account a few different factors. We start with understanding who are they as a human, what communities do they belong to, but more importantly, we want to know what communities have they worked with or studied about? What communities do they actually feel confident serving or communities they want to serve more? And using all that data, what we do is we relatively rank them so we can actually teach them that as a primary care doctor, here's how they're doing serving the BIPOC communities compared to other primary care doctors, whereas for gender identity, maybe they're at a different place. And then that really builds the foundation for them to learn. And then on the platform, what we have is education about anti-racism, about trauma-informed care, about the core communities that we're really passionate about. But the education, it's not the stodgy compliance-like education. It's not an hour e-learning where you keep clicking next and you get to the destination and you say, I'm done. I'm inclusive for the year now. What we actually have is bite-sized learnings where it's 15-minute modules where we actually ask people to really deeply think we ask them to answer questions such as, what is your own race? And what were, what were what did you learn about race growing up? How does that affect the care delivery that you have? Or have you ever thought about your own gender identity? Or how do you actually currently feel if you have an eight-year-old coming to you questioning their gender, but the parent is also struggling and navigating gender? So mm. it's with these questions, we help people think, and then we give them applied examples of how to actually apply the learnings. So we have lots of case vignettes where we teach. Once we teach the facts and figures, we give them examples how to, how to actually apply their learnings. Oh, that's dope. I really like that. Uh, for someone, if I can just talk about the patient for um, a minute, and there was that patient that their doctor has not discovered Violet, but they want their provider to know some things about them culturally um, so they can get the best care that they need. What are some of your ideas for someone to be able to, what should, what can they do to approach their provider? How should they approach that situation? Yeah, it's hard. I think about this as really two sides of the same coin. 
it's hard for clinicians to talk about race, gender, sexual orientation because they're scared. There is this degree of fear of walking out and they feel there's a feeling of walking on eggshells because they don't want to come out politically incorrect. But as a result, there's harm being caused, right? We're not talking about the disparities that exist based on patients, race, gender, and sexual orientation. The other side of this coin is the patient experience, which is it's hard to come out to strangers. It's hard to actually ask somebody, you know, as a Black American or as a human that belongs to the BIPOC communities, what do I need to know about disparities that I may have because of just who I am as a human? But what I always encourage is the facility, the room you're in, it's really meant to be a safe space. If we don't ask the hard questions and actually be vulnerable, we're not going to get the answers we need to live a long, healthy life. And what we know is there is, in diverse communities, there is more trauma from the past. People objectively avoid healthcare because they've been hurt in the past by healthcare providers. But what I always say is, if we don't start the journey, if we don't advocate for ourselves, there is this feeling of we're not going to get the answers we need. And there is a lot of clinicians out there that are really trying to be their best and having those conversations. Frankly, when the patient asks the question, it may actually open up the conversation to then talk about disparities for those communities and the identities the patient has. No, that's that's real. And, and there's it, it is very tricky because you could be um, a very sympathetic you know, uh, provider, but if you don't know how to have that conversation, you could come off the wrong way and can just ruin that person's, um, experience of healthcare. And we were talking about this before we went live. It just takes one bad experience for you not to go back. You, You know what I mean? So if you don't understand how to take, how to take that conversation and, and apply it and have a great discussion, you could, it could, it could ru- not really ruin somebody's life, but in in a way it can, if they don't come back and they get sick because of yep. their one experience. And this is where I get really excited about what my team and I are building, which is on top of teaching p- clinicians, we recognize them when they're really exceeding um, serving diverse communities. Meaning if you're a clinician uh, earlier, I said, we do this relative ranking. So if we objectively know you're more experienced and more inclusive because of everything you've learned, we'll make sure we recognize that. So we publicly recognize clinicians when they're excelling with delivering inclusive care to the BIPOC communities, the LGBTQ communities for sexual orientation, or the TGNC communities for gender identity. And what we ask our partners to do is if they have a directory, if they have some kind of an application they're using to help patients connect with providers, use our badges, use our recognition. Because what it does is from the start of that relationship now, there is a sense of trust, which is this provider has this badge because they've done the experience, they have the experience, they've done the education, and that badge really builds the, it's a catalyst for starting the conversation of vulnerability. Oh, that's great. That's great. So are there other, other, other aspects of culture that you feel um, are important to this platform? I, I understand, you know, the provider understanding, you know, um, someone in, you know, in different communities, LGBTQ, black community, understanding those cultures. But is there, is there anything to where someone, where someone lives, you know, there, those, there are those other social determinants of health, you know, what are, what are those, um, 
how can providers better understand someone's living situation as well? Because that is also very important. Yeah, we we do teach about social determinants of health and we teach about how to actually ask questions to better understand somebody's actual where they're at on different factors of social determinants of health. Um, what we're hearing a lot from our partners, so Northwell, the biggest hospital system in New York is one of our investors and a partner as well, is they really want support for many communities as well. We're often asked about, you know, racial diversity, sexual orientation, gender identity. Those are three different core sets of communities, but there is other communities with very unique um, gaps in healthcare as well. So being a startup, what we do is we really listen. We listen to what are all the hospital systems? What are all the care delivery organizations? What are all the insurance companies that we partner with? What are they asking about? And we pattern match and we make sure we keep prioritizing and building. But the future I get excited about is whether you're a veteran or you belong to some other community, the future is when you go and look for a doctor, you actually see a dropdown that says Powered by Violet, where you get to disclose all the communities you belong to. And now you actually get to find the right person for you that sits at the intersection of all the communities that you objectively are a part of. Oh, great. So you is really putting the power in the in the patient's hands to better improve their health. Yeah. And I, I think a lot about trust, right? Which is if Violet, which is, we're essentially a middleman, but we're really here to start that relationship in a positive way. Meaning if you're a patient and you're seeing a directory with thousands of doctors, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to figure out who's the right person for you. But if we can help you get to the right person faster, we hope that opens the door to really have a more meaningful relationship with that provider. Absolutely. So um, since you've started Violet, what's been, you know, what's been kind of the the hardest, you know, part of, you know, really starting this company and really having to get into the dirt of some of these issues in these certain communities? What's been what's been the hardest part about that? Yeah. I'll answer the question in three parts. Uh, One is finding the educators. There are startups that say, I'm the, we're the experts and we're going to do it all. That's not us. We know we need to pull in the community voices. We need to pull in the experts from the communities. So the way we teach is we find experts at Harvard, Yale, Stanford, at many universities where they're often teaching clinicians internally. And we ask the best educators to say, can we amplify your voice to the thousands of clinicians that Violet has on our platform? So it's starting with the quality of the education and finding the educators that really need um, a microphone to amplify their voice. So that's been a challenge. The second challenge is actually connecting with more physicians and providers. There's a lot of mission-driven clinicians that raise their hand and they immediately join. But when you think about our customers, if they have 10,000 clinicians, Maybe the first 3,000 join because they're really passionate and mission-driven, but the other 7,000 require a little bit of peer pressure. So it's really understanding how do we build the incentives and the excitements for people to learn. And then the final one is really just building a company as a, a founder that's just from a diverse background, right? I don't know how many founders grew up on Medicaid. I don't know how many founders had to navigate really starting at the age of 10, being the translator for their parents. But Mm. it's as somebody who is pretty diverse myself, making sure I take the time to understand how to build a venture-backed company. That's been a unique experience as well. 
Right, man. Well, good for you, man. I'm I'm super um, excited for you know what you've been able to do because that sounds like it's it's not skittles and rainbows every day for for you. It's not it's not easy. Uh, it's not. But I will say, it's not a challenge. But one of my biggest learnings and excitement has been when you're doing the right thing, when you're on the right side of history, people find you and they want to support you. Mm-hmm. We've had so many supporters come out of the woodwork. And frankly, it's been, it's been really humbling and exciting to know that when you're building a better world, people really come out and help you. That's, that's awesome. That's great. You know, Garang, I want, I want to thank you again for being on the podcast with me. If anybody listening wants to get to know you, learn more about Violet, uh, and participate in what you're doing, you know, where can they reach you? Please. Uh, our website is joinviolet.com and my email, personal email address is gorong at joinviolet.com. Send me a note. We're a startup. We work hard and we're always responsive. Awesome. And I'll make sure I have those um, in the link of the description of this episode uh, so people can get, the, get those pretty easily. Uh, again, thank you so much for being on with me today. I appreciate it. Uh, and everyone, thank you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. I'll holler at you next time. <laughs>